another episode of Cinema Oblivio, your podcast for discussions on films that are out of date, out of style, out of time, and out of mind. Once again, I am your host, James Eldred, who's back again. I am Anthony Abbott, and happy to be here. Yeah, Anthony, thanks for doing this, um, let's say, spontaneous episode. So, uh, brief disclaimers, this was not supposed to happen. We were going to plan this this episode, and then I had to schedule... Um, Unfun medical tests. Uh, <laughs> I was going to have a medical DP. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't uh, know how you were going to describe it. I didn't expect that to be the way you described that. What's the other one? That's, that's another <laughs> phrase. Like, a, What do you call like a, like, like a medical? There's a one second. I'll, one of my friends said something even more vulgar. Um, I can't think of anything uh, to top that right now. Oh, I can. Just give me a second. Um, <laughs> oh, analytical spit roast. <laughs> Okay, you know what? You accepted was, your own challenge and you exceeded yeah. it. Well, thank you, my friend Don. No, so yeah, I was gonna get let's just be, I was gonna get an endoscopy and a colonoscopy, but uh, then I got a cold or something, and I felt like shit all weekend, so I couldn't prep for it. Because the last thing you want to do when you have a stuffy head is take a mountain of laxatives. So um, that got canceled, and then you were like, "Hey, are we recording today?" And I'm like, "No, we canceled." But oh wait, yeah, sure, why not? So. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Anthony, for forgetting to change the schedule. Um, <laughs> no problem. Lifesaver. But this is going to be a very loose episode because we got about an hour of prep at most. And it was already going to be a loose episode because today we're not talking about a movie. Today we are kind of ta- doing an uh, old movie year, year in review of old movies. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people do their top tens of the year. And as I talked with Madeline, I think I've seen 10 movies this year that came out this year. So I can't. That's not my thing. And I, you know, so, yeah, I, you know, we can't really go into detail. Of, I, I, don't, I don't like to talk about new movies that much. And I've seen a lot of old movies this year. And I know Anthony has, too. So I thought it would be fun just to talk about kind of the best and worst movies that we saw this year. They ain't yeah. got to be new. They ain't going to be new. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love, uh, I love the fact that we're still doing like a recap for the year. But for us, yeah, it's going to be all over the place. Yeah, it's going to be all over the place because I, I have seen... I'm trying to get to the films I've seen this year on uh, on uh, Letterboxd. I have seen only 2022, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I have seen 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 movies this year. That's it. So that means if I made a top 10, Firestarter would be on it. But fuck that movie. <laughs> so uh, Firestarter is the second worst movie I've seen this year. We will talk about the worst. Wow. Uh, yes. Uh, Firestarter coming soon to this podcast um, with very special guests. But I'll talk about that maybe later. But uh, I thought today we would talk about uh, Anthony. So Anthony, how many movies roughly did you see this year? Like, old, what do you think? Oh, okay. Uh, mm. I mean, so, that's a hard question. You use, Letter, you use Letterbox a lot. So I thought... I, I use Letterbox a lot. There are oftentimes like, hey, I'm off this weekend. I'll watch two or three movies today. I actually just pulled it up. I've watched 286 movies this year. Fuck a duck. I probably <laughs> watched um, at least 200 because I usually watch two movies every Thursday. Yeah. And then usually another one on a weekend. So probably more than you around the same amount. But I haven't been – I'm an idiot. And so on Letterboxd, I rate the movies, but I never log that I watched them until like last week. So like I don't know exactly what I saw this year. And a lot of what I saw this year I've already seen. Yeah. You know, well, same this here. Is the, There's a lot, this a lot of repeat this is the year I got a 4K TV and a 4K Blu-ray player. So yes. it's like, yes, I've seen The Thing. 
you know, 24 times, but I haven't seen it in 4K. So there you I've go. Been doing, I've been doing the same thing. Honestly, I literally got a 4K player uh, two weeks ago. Uh, and thanks to that, I'm now like, oh, what do I want to get in 4K even if I've owned it before? Because, yeah, there are certain things I want to see in high def. So I know that totally makes sense. What's the what's the best 4K experience you've had so far? Honestly, you probably wouldn't expect this. Um, a lot of documentary, like nature documentaries. Oh, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, like Planet Earth type stuff. Any of that stuff that's like shot really well, like really beautiful scenes. And like I've been watching uh, like some – it's not Planet Earth, but like another series that's kind of like that that Richard Edinburgh also uh, narrates on Netflix. And I've just been going through it like daily, just watching it and just loving – how beautiful everything looks. I love watching that stuff anyway, but in high def, in 4K, it's amazing. I bet. I Mine, without question, is Top Gun Maverick. Uh, I need to get that. I still need to get that. And I got an Atmos system now, too. Oh, yes. It's like yes. fucking pornography. It's amazing. <laughs> like, it, and because, like, old stuff looks great. Like, the thing looked amazing. Um, there's a Hitchcock movie I saw, the one that's in, like, uh, what is that one? To Catch a Thief. Mm, okay, I haven't seen that one actually. It's, it's 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 not great, but it is set in the French Riviera. Okay, which I think it was just an excuse for them to all go to the French Riviera. No, makes <laughs> um, sense. Kind of like on Adam Sandler makes those movies for his friends to go to fucking Hawaii or whatever, but yeah. better than that. But take a vacation, um, film a movie. <laughs> yeah, like Grace Kelly, Grace Kelly wardrobe in 4K. Gay man's dream. Wonderful, like <laughs> awesome to watch. Awesome to watch. So, uh, and, and also. Also, mid fifties, Cary Grant in four K. So, uh, two thumbs up on there. But yeah, a uh, lot of stuff I've been watching this year has not been like super high quality four K blockbusters. It's been trash mm-hmm. of uh, varying quality. And I think one thing that we both focused a lot this year was ninjas. This was the year of the ninja for us. It just kind of happened that way. Yeah. So. I forgot who was on the first Ninja episode I did. Was it you? Who did? It, did, it might have did been you do me. Enter the Ninja? Did you do Enter the Ninja? I did Enter the Ninja. Okay, so it was you. Yeah. Because uh, that was the first one. And then and it kind of snowballed from there. First we did Enter the Ninja. Then we did, uh, we've Entered the Ninja with Norm. And then we did, uh, and then we did uh, Ninja 3 with Norm. And then we did, uh, American Ninja 2 with you, me, Norm, and TL. And TL, yeah. Yes, that's right. All right, cool. So we've already talked about those movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, have you seen, I forgot, have you seen the other, have you seen American Ninja 3, 4, or 5? I've seen 4. I have not seen 5 yet. Okay. I recommend 5. It's not great, but it's it's way better than 4. Way better than 4. Yeah, because 4 uh, is a pretty, pretty big disappointment. It's a rough film. Five is not an American Ninja film. That it was they filmed it as something else and then called it an American Ninja Five, and mm-hmm. it has Pat Morita for like two minutes. And oh wow, he's having fun and getting the paycheck. So I recommend that one. But I also forgot on the episode, some one of y'all recommended Scott Atkins. It could have been myself, or it could have been maybe me and TL both, because uh, just by being a fan of martial arts films, I've just I've, I've seen him in so many movies just in general. And then becoming aware of him in his own ninja series, so it could have mm. been any any of us actually. Yeah. So this year, me and my boyfriend have watched five Scott Atkins films. Oh wow! Uh, we watched Avengement, uh, Debt Collector, and Debt Collectors, and Ninja and Ninja Two. So uh, 
Which of those? Yeah, have you you seen the ninja ones, right? I watched the ninja ones, and actually, I watched. You know, I think because of our discussions on this podcast this year, I watched both of those uh, this year after we went through the okay. uh, old school '80s ninja movies. Yeah, so those are very fresh in my mind. So, what do you think of those movies? The first one I thought was, you know, Scott Atkins is one of these guys. It's like he's clearly a, an actual like good martial artist. Yeah, um, but he's also in so many films where he's like. You know, one of the, you know, toughs, one of the bad guys. But I think it was like kind of the first series that kind of got him noticed as like a guy who can do his own leading B movies. So like the first one I thought was it was decent for what it was. You could still feel it was like uh, he's he's still going to be in this B movie action movies. The production quality is not there. The fights were all still pretty good. Ninja Ninja 2, I liked a lot better. It wasn't yeah. much different production wise, but something about it just felt like it was a better movie overall. I like them both for different reasons. So I like Ninja One because it's so kind of ramshackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody who worked on that did work on the Canon Ninja film. So there was some continuity there. I forgot who, one of the producers. And okay. I I just kind of love how like it's it opens in Japan. It is clearly not Japan. Um no. it is clear and, and a lot of CG matte paintings. And I love I love the fake New York. It's adorable <laughs> um, because it's clearly Eastern Europe, but they're using a large outdoor set. So it, yeah. it has a level of production value that's more than like, you know, you're like shark, shark octopus five type bullshit. Yeah. But and cause I guess that movie cost like $10 million to make. Like it wasn't cheap. Yeah. You know, like they, they put, put money, more into, money it. into it. Yeah. They and uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I so, said, yeah, it just, it's still a B, a B movie, but yeah, there was definitely like some, somewhat of a budget. Yeah, somewhat of a budget and like some effort put into it. And then Ninja 2, like Shadow of a Tear or Tear, I forget what it was exactly. That movie was I thought rad. it was Tear. That movie yeah, was tear. amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. Those uh, movies also, I feel like for the longest time, I would just see them, I would see the covers on Netflix. And Again, kind of another throwback to some of the older Ninja movies we talked about in earlier episodes. You know, they did really good, like, interesting posters and, and mm-hmm. you know, artwork, right? So that's the kind of thing. If you're scrolling through and looking at movies, like, oh, this looks like a really just badass action movie. And it tells you everything you need right there. It's just Ninja 2. And it's like, you know what you're getting into. And, yeah, that movie really delivered. Like, I think that was, like, the way I felt about Revenge of the Ninja. Like, it was just, wow. This movie is kind of ridiculous in the best ways, and the action is awesome. And it has King Kashugi. So you yeah. got some 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 continuity there. I do like Ninja One has a ninja who just fucking pulls out a gun. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. Like that's a cheat code. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you like, your shit right. te- when did they teach you that? We didn't see any, any of that in any of the training <laughs> segments. <laughs> it's, against, it's against the rules. But then I I really also Ninja One, I really like I don't know how that it's it must be like a CG matte painting, but that fake New York rooftop battle. I just I oh, like yeah. how it looked. It looked fake, but in a really fun way. Um, so like both the Ninja films, just a plus work. Like you know, yeah. good 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 job on them. And and I kind of have uh, really a, a prejudice. I'm prejudiced against um, <laughs> straight to video type movies because I worked in the video store and those always looked like garbage. You know, and Ooh. I was like. Why would you rent Carnosaur when you can watch Jurassic Park type of thing? But after watching Ninja 1 and Ninja 2, I'm, I'm like, you know what? I 
was a snob. I gotta give these. I was. I was. A, I was a trash snob. I gotta give better, more trash a chance. Well, see, and I think you get to Carnosaur because you've either seen Jurassic Park so many times, or because it's been checked out, and you're like, you know what? Sure. Like yeah. you, you know what you're getting into. You want to have that that evening, like with your friends and family, or whoever you're watching with. Like we're just gonna laugh at this tonight. Let's see what this is. That's how you end up reading Carnosaur in like the Ninja movies. <laughs> but have you seen any other Scott Atkins films? I know that I have. Um, there is one. I have to look this up. I'm actually going through this filmography right now. I feel like there was a movie I saw him in with Michael Jai White and Oh Triple, triple Threat. Threat. Yeah, triple Threat. I saw Triple Threat. That's I saw that last year. I didn't put it on the list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tony Ja, that, also, uh, that one. Yeah, Michael J. White, Tony Ja. Um, uh, the guys from the Raid movies are in it. Yeah, and um, I think who else is in that? Like a lot of people. Yeah, um, yeah, Tony Ja, Taiko Huchen, yeah, Iko Uwais, Scott Atkins, yes. Michael J. White. Yes, um, that movie's rad too. I yeah. I have watched that movie twice. I forgot the plot. Like it doesn't like. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you myself. I remember that the, the fight scenes were amazing. I couldn't tell you a single thing about what the movie was supposed to be about. And that's when I rediscovered Michael J. White. So, like, here's what I know about Michael J. White: Spawn, mm-hmm. Black Dynamite. Yep. And he has like five minutes in Dark Knight Return, and in, in the Dark Knight. Yeah. He also very recently, at, like at the time, literally of this recording, uh, I want to say maybe a couple of days ago. Uh, they released a live-action trailer for the video game Marvel's Midnight Suns, and he's playing Blade because he voices Blade in the video game. Oh, okay. But yeah, he's another one of those guys. You know, after like the Dark Knight and stuff, he's been popping up in like a lot of those B-level action movies, like all over the place. He's yeah, constantly been doing stuff, but yeah, just kind of on that Scott Atkins kind of level. Yeah, I didn't know that. And after watching some trailers and some of them, I want to see them because like some of them look really bad, but they got good fight scenes. I hear the Undisputed films are good. I did you know, see the first one, I think, first or second one, and yeah, yeah he was really good in that too. Yeah, and ne- never back down. And I also, he's also he's in Ringmaster, which I have seen the uh, Jerry Springer movie. You know, I actually have not seen that. Do not see Ringmaster. <laughs> I'm um, familiar with it. I used to watch Jerry Springer is, back in the day. So, well, me too. It's better than Spawn. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Spawn is oh, it's rough. I, I saw that. I saw that shit in the goddamn theater. Um, I was, my dad was so mad at me. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think if if you're in that, if you're in the mood for that stuff, check it out. I also like uh, the debt collector films are a lot of fun. Um, they are very cheap. They are very very they are they are cheap. But the first one is really good. The second one is better, and it has a very they live style fight in it. Ooh, of like okay. you know, put the glasses on type fight that just kind of keeps going, and so yeah. I, I recommend it for that. Um, also, it's not a spoiler because there's two of them. In the end of Debt Collectors, Debt Collector, they both die. <laughs> what? And then they're both like, "Hey, you lived? Yeah, me too. Huh? Cool. All right. Anyway, uh, that makes me so, want to watch it more now. It's, yeah, you should. It's good. And then <laughs> Avengement, that movie is fucked up. And Hold on. This is my thing. Is Avengement even a word? Is that it is even now. a word? <laughs> it is now. Um, Avengement is about Scott Atkins is a dude who was wronged by a wronged by his brother's crime syndicate, uh, breaks out of prison, and then goes to their private pub, and then this fucks them up, and then tells the story of how he became this fucked up, fucked up person. Um, 
So it's a lot okay. of flashbacks. It's kind of the story's a bit too convoluted because there's almost like flashbacks and flashbacks and flashbacks. It's like mm-hmm. it's like it's like the inception of revenge films. But um, it's he's 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 great in it. He's playing a very different character. He's this grizzled like steel tooth bastard, um, full on exploding heads. Uh, there's a curb oh. stomp. There is it is it Ooh. is a brutal. It is not. Like like the Ninja films are fun B movies that you can watch with your friends and maybe even your parents. The yeah. Avengement is a brutal grindhouse flick, and do not watch it if you are squeamish. But I I really enjoy it. If you was if you just, I like a good revenge movie, and yo, he fucks these people up really hard. I'm gonna have to add this to my list now. Wednesday, I'll find you. I don't give up. I'm gonna go to the police. <laughs> I did that. Well, this time it's my turn. Lauren Hutton, David Burney, and Adrian Barbo. She has everything to live for, but someone wants her dead. Someone's watching me. Right after Dick Clark Wednesday on NBC. You know, we also just watched a lot of random stuff this year. So, uh, Anthony, start. You start out. What are some of the old old movie highlights you want to you want people to check out? Uh, I have been all over the place this year. So this year, I noticed. <laughs> This year was the 40th anniversary of a lot of movies that came out in 1982. And uh, apparently, John Carpenter's The Thing was one of those movies that came out in 1982. And I remember watching The Thing from Another World when I was a kid, the 1951 original sci-fi movie. Uh, my uncle had this movie, and it was like that creature from the Black Lagoon were like two of the first old school 50s movies I ever saw. Because my uncle loved this stuff, and he showed it to me when I was little, and I fell in love with it. I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. I was like, you know what? I kind of want to rewatch that movie now and just randomly rented it one night. And uh, I remember being really freaked out by the, by the the thing in the movie and like a lot of things that happened in it and looking at it now, years later. And as an adult, I'm like, wow, this is cheesier than I remember, but I still loved it. Uh, and, you know, then rewatched the John Carpenter movie, but yeah, like I went all the way back to 1951, and it was interesting to watch that now and then see how much different Carpenter's version is from that too. Yeah, I I've never seen that version, but I know it's not it's barely because the they're both based on the same short story, but yeah. the the 51 version it's more like just a regular monster movie, right? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't uh, have a it, lot of the shape sifting and all that stuff. No, it's really just like a guy, like a guy in a suit kind of, you know, it's yeah. just like a humanoid form the whole time. But he's also kind of, there's something weird where he's like, uh, you see the area like where his ship lands and and he's also this thing about he's like plant-based. It's very different. Very different. Do you recommend it's worth it? watching though. It's worth watching? I think it's okay. worth watching if you like old uh, 50s sci-fi. It's really worth it. And if you're a fan of the Carpenter movie, I think it's it's interesting to check out, to compare, because he loved this movie so much. When I think in the remake or... Maybe in Halloween. I know in one of Carpenter's movies, they are watching this original version. I think maybe in, in Halloween. Halloween, they're watching this movie. Yeah. So Carpenter even loves the original. I think it's worth checking out at least once. Yeah. I do want to see it. I saw the original thing for the first time way too young. I saw, I'm 43. I saw that when it first came out on video. So I was probably four or five. Oh, uh, wow. Thanks, Dad. And I didn't <laughs> get very far. When the dog exploded, I was done. Um, wow! Yeah, and uh, I that that really that one really fucked me up for a long time. I did not watch it again for about ten years, and then when I finally watched it again, I loved it. So I would like to watch this one. I love fifty sci-fi. Like um, we, I wa- I did watch uh, War of the Worlds this year. That's mm-hmm. a fun one. 
I watched um, When Worlds Collide, which is great, even though every time I say it, I get that bad song stuck in my head um, <laughs> by Power Man 5000. Uh, and I wa- I I also, I love Invaders from Mars. I love Them. Them is one of my all-time favorite movies. So if you have, So if you like 50 sci-fi, I recommend oh, Them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also The Day the Earth Still Seal. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one. Really um, good movie. Really good movie. I have seen Earth vs. the Flying Saucers. Uh, I got to see that on film one. That was amazing. Uh, so, yeah, 50, 50 sci-fi is fun because it's, it's really silly. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Because the, the, the side part is not that concrete. Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and also, just a side note for that movie, for the longest time since I saw that as a kid, I, I didn't see the Carpenter movie until like later. I mean, I'm 42 also. So, I, I'm, we're right there the same age. I saw the Carpenter movie maybe like in high school. So for me, when people talked about the thing, the fifties movie to me was the thing, and I always was afraid to watch the new one because I was like, "Well, what if it's not as good as that old one?" Because I had that old one in my head for so long, and then I saw the Carpenter version. I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Uh, but it's by far the oldest movie I watched this year. So yeah, I, I can't think. I'm looking at my list. Uh, we'll get to the oldest one. I've watched older films this year, but the films I saw for the first time this year, I didn't go that old. Um, yeah. But I did watch. I, speaking of Carpenter, I watched. I think his third film this year, which was "Someone's Watching Me," which I just watched last week. Uh, it's kind of his le- least known early film because it's, it's a TV movie. Okay. Uh, he made it before Halloween, but I think it came out after. Uh, how, it was how made, was it? it? It was great. It was. Uh, it's not really a horror film. It's more of a thriller. It's very. So someone, um, someone's watching me. It has a uh, Lauren Hutton, uh, and it has David Burney, who nobody knows who that is, but that is uh, Meredith Baxter's ex-husband, <laughs> the mom from the mom from Family Ties. Yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, I I know him because I'm I'm I'm, I'm fucking me. And um, <laughs> uh, Adrian Barbeau. Um, this is this is where John Carpenter met her. They they got married after this. Uh, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, Adrian Barbeau was in Escape from New York and The Fog, um, and Swamp Thing and Creep Show and and uh, I and um, it, it's funny because Lauren Hutton, bone skinny blonde, mm-hmm. Adrian Barbeau, the opposite. So no matter what you type, <laughs> uh, it's it's a movie for you. And Lauren Hutton plays this kind of like eccentric woman who moves to L.A. and is has a, someone stalking her. Okay. It's a it's a stalker movie. And the third act kind of wraps it up too quickly. And it's not really scary, like I said, but it is creepy. It's well made. Uh it's a fun, it's very TV movie. And, if, and I like a good TV movie aesthetic because I grew up watching those that stuff on TV. And mm-hmm. so that's on a Shout Factory Blu-ray. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but it's a good one. I'm trying to watch every John Carpenter film. Um and so that got me up to I think eighteen movies, okay, of his that I've seen, or oh, seventeen, seventeen. Um, and so I still have to watch like of of the main ones I have to watch Dark Star, um, Starman, which I don't know much about, but I know it'll make me cry. Um, that's a romance movie. It's sad. Uh, okay. And um, Villains of the Damned, and his terrible Invisible Man film with Chevy Chase <laughs> and, and I didn't know that existed. Oh yeah. I don't, I, you know, I have seen that, but I was, I saw it when it came out. So I was like nine or 10. When did that come out? 
92. I was, I was, I was 12. So I have okay. no recollection of it. But as Chevy Chase, Daryl Hannah, Daryl Hannah, Sam Neill, Michael McKean, Stephen Tobolowski. Um, wow. Uh, and uh, but yeah, so pretty good cast. But I know pretty much everyone hates it. I would like to rewatch it to see because a lot of John Carpenter films get reexamined. You know, and people, oh, it's not bad. I don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> I watched. I rewatched Escape from New York this year because I think that was another one that I just hadn't watched in a while. I just got in the mood to watch it. Mm-hmm. But another Carpenter movie I watched for the first time this year was Prince of Darkness. Oh, what do you think of what do you think of Liquid Satan? Man, that was bizarre. That was not what I expected from that movie. Also, Alice Cooper in the movie? Like, just what? I, it you, really just caught me off guard. Did you watch that because of Next Lander? I did. Uh, you know, those guys are great. I did. That yeah, Next Lander so, the yeah. Alex is and Alex has been on the show. I yeah. will say, um, I do listen to a lot of podcasts because I drive a lot for work. Oh, and okay. there are times when some certain movies or things that the, the podcast, you know, if they watch it, I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this in a while, I'll rewatch it. Or if it's a movie I've been wanting to watch for a while anyway, I will jump into it. And that is how I ended up watching um, Prince of Darkness. It's because of Next Lander. <laughs> but not Das Boot? I did watch Das Boot. I've been watching all the Next Lander. You watched watch Das Boot? Wow, you had four hours to well, kill? I'd seen Das Boot before. I've never seen Das Boot. I know this music. Da- um, das Boot was a movie that I, it was... I want to say maybe in middle school or high school, there was a point where I'd eventually just hear about movies that, you know, were critically acclaimed and stuff and just didn't really know what they were. And I'd have time in the summer on vacation, be like, okay, these long ones, I'm going to rent these on the weekend or vacation, just watch them. And Das Boot, I'm like, three hours about a submarine, but I keep hearing it's really good. And I remember seeing it in high school and watching it and be like, I've never seen anything like that before. That was kind of amazing. So I rewatched it again for uh, this year for the Next Lander podcast with the watch along. Yeah, I, I really liked out. it. Yeah. I have, I have to watch that. I do recommend everybody Next Lander. That's um the streaming, not really a website, like you know the collective of Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker, and Vinny from Giant Bomb. Uh, yeah, they have a watch cast. Which I do, is that Patreon exclusive? No, there is a uh, okay. there's a free feed for it. Yeah, but I recommend that. I don't listen to all of them because they do a lot of Star Trek, and I'm not a big Star Trek guy. But uh, all the movie ones have been great, and I yes. I really they they bring a lot to it. Alex hosts that. Um, Hopefully, Alex will be back here soon to talk about a very bad film. Anyway, um, let me move from there. I noticed on your list, so you watched Escape from New York. Did you watch The Warriors because of me? I did. You All also, right. uh, another podcast. Uh, I'd seen The Warriors before. Hadn't seen it in a couple of years. Did a revisit of it. And, man, I, f- I just forgot how much I love that movie. It's it's a movie I hadn't seen probably in, like, maybe 10 years or so. Yeah. I have a whole podcast on Return Outside about talking about The Warriors. So we, won't, we won't really dwell on that. One movie on your list I want to ask you about. Well, there's there's two really big ones here. Well, okay, there's a okay. one. Okay, Doctor Strange. Yes, but not, but not. not Benedict Marvel. Cumberbatch. You right. watched the 1978 TV movie. Yeah. So I, have I don't two remember questions. why and why. Okay, so <laughs> uh, first of all, I don't know. I, I don't remember how this happened. Um, we were talking about uh, some friends and I were, were in Discord one night talking about older comic book uh, adaptations before MCU, right? Yeah, yeah. Things like the you know the Incredible Hulk TV show stuff like that. And I was like, I kind of want to just look up, you know, see if I can find a list of these and see which ones I've seen that I remember watching when I was a kid. You know, like there's a '90s Captain America movie, all that kind of stuff. Oh, and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then like Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie, all the stuff like this. Uh, the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. Just pulling out stuff that was not MCU stuff. Mm-hmm. And on the list was Doctor Strange 1978. And I was like, what the hell is that? 
went to YouTube, looked for a trailer. Um, I would suggest anyone listening right now, go look for the Doctor Strange 1978 made-for-TV movie trailer. Mm. And he looks like a cheap pimp. I have no other way to describe it. The man's, everything about his look, his it's, it's the movie is so strange, so bizarre. We found it um, streaming on somewhere online, and we watched it in Discord with some friends, and it was so bizarre. I really, I think he's only actually Doctor Strange for like the last maybe thirty minutes of the movie. I don't know. It's weird. It felt it felt like a fever dream that it even happened. I bet it was a failed pilot. It was. Okay, that's why that's why I was on Doctor Strange for a little bit. Yeah, it's a, it's a failed pilot. I think it was supposed to be, be kind of like I think the Incredible Hulk TV show had already launched, and this yep. was trying to bank off the pop, popularity of that. And I think it like it debuted and just crashed and burned, and nothing else became of it. Yeah, I know. Uh, Shout Factory released a limited edition Blu-ray of it, and I saw that in a store here in Japan. And I'm like, with the import fees, it was like five thousand yen. It's like it's like forty five bucks. And I'm like, I'm not spending forty five no. bucks to watch Doctor Strange. Um. If you could spend four or five, maybe. Four or five. <laughs> maybe. It's, does it, does it's a hard recommend even for something like it's a you know, I can't even say it's a good, bad movie. It's just such an odd take on the character and such an odd way to do it. Uh if you're not watching with a group of friends and like just sitting around drinking and waiting for something weird, but you will have no urge to re- revisit it ever. I promise you. You know when when I, I'm looking at the cast on dis, on uh, Letterboxd, and when a movie from the set from the late '70s has a bunch of actors I've never heard of, yeah, there then you go. the only person I know on there is Doctor Strange. That's Peter Hooten, and I only I only really know him for two reasons: one, Peter Hooten's a fun name to say, and two, he is in <laughs> he is in he has a very small part in Orca the Killer Whale, which is I did watch that wow. this year. That movie sucks shit. Uh, and he's also in The Soldier, which I watched this year. And that movie's also terrible. So he's huh. batting a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> well, Poor I, but I really, I, I'd say it's worth it to just look up the, the trailer on YouTube. And that movie is just what that trailer is. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really feel like I can recommend it. It's, it's just such a weird experience, even for a bad movie. I had a weird 70s movie experience this year when I watched The Car, which is... I think from around the same. I think it's post Jaws um, because it's basically it's seventy seven and it stars James Brolin, um, okay, Brolin Senior, uh, and it has somebody else is in that movie. Um, R.G. Armstrong. R.G. Armstrong is in like eight million Sam Peckinpah films. He's a character actor. If you've seen any Sam Peckinpah film, you'd recognize him. Um, okay, and 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 Ronnie Cox is in it. Ronnie Cox is the bad guy in RoboCop. Yeah, and Total Recall. And it's 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 Jaws in Utah with a ghost car, and I really just can't. With a ghost car, it's a go- So I I discovered I I have heard of this film before. I recall, ow, sorry, I recall my aunt my aunt loved it. Uh-huh. <laughs> my aunt was a weird lady. Uh, rest in peace, Aunt Lynn. And um, I knew she liked it, and I was watching uh, who's been on this podcast, Rob Hill. He mm-hmm. has his best of draw. He had his Jaws playtation video, and he mentioned the car, and he's like, "It's a good movie." And I'm like, "Okay, I'll watch the car if, if Rob says so. I trust Rob's opinion." And yeah, it was a, it was a good movie. It was, <laughs> wow. It, um, it, it got really bad reviews when it came out, and on Letterboxd, it seems to be pretty maligned. It has a, it has a, it has a dead on three average, um, Ooh. which I would say I'd give, I give it three and a half, um. 
it it's not I mean it's not scary. Um it is pretty brutal. Uh people get fucking hit by cars. Well, well a car. Um and uh a lot high body count. Um and there's a scene where the car chases a, a parade of little kids. It's hilarious. Um I just keep thinking of like Christine, like the movie Christine. It's Anything a little like bit like Christine, um, but it, well, I mean, not really, no, because Christine like possesses people's minds too, right? Like Christine, yeah, the guys. Yeah. This is this is Jaws with the car, like it is <laughs> Jaws with a sentient car. The end. They never okay. really explain the car. It's just a bad car. Um, <laughs> it's really yeah, it's really dumb. But the movie takes it dead serious, just like a hundred percent dead serious. Um, so I don't know, like, I recommend it. I, I, I would check it out. You know, I, I think it's a good, dumb movie. Um, it's got an amazing poster, by the way. I just looked it oh, up. It's got an that's amazing a great poster. poster. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of good ones. You saw a good, dumb movie this year. Looking at your list. You saw Trancers. I did see Trancers, a movie I did not even know existed before oh, this year. How did you discover Trancers? So once again, and this was a separate discord, uh, we've been, watching movies every week in this one discord a bunch of friends and we play game stuff together and uh we were talking about like older movies that we all loved and more obscure things that we kind of wish other people had seen or had known about and one of our friends goes god i, I gotta show y'all trancers <laughs> and everyone else was like what the hell is that and he showed us the trailer trancers is such a strange movie it's like 1984 movie it's one of, I want to say there's maybe four or five of them. There are um, many Trances films. There's many. Uh, the main character, the guy's name is Jack Death. Death, mm-hmm. D-E-T-H. Um, yes. It's kind of like low-budget Blade Runner, in a way, where he hunts Trances. Mm-hmm. And Trances are kind of like humans who are not human. It's But it's like really low-budget, stranger version of Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Helen Hunt is in this movie. And she's <laughs> yeah. wearing a jacket with a Confederate flag yeah, on. Yeah, Helen Hunt, reason. no. Yeah, uh, yeah. Clue Gallagher's in it. I like Clue Gallagher. Um, he he is uh, he's in not Return of the Living Dead. He's in The Hidden. Um, he's in Feast. Um, mm, okay. Yeah, his his son directed Feast. Uh, and uh, it has yeah Helen Hunt, then Tim Thomason. Uh, do you know what other movie you saw of Tim Thomason this year? That name sounds really familiar. I feel like I should know. You saw a movie with him. I can't think of which one it was. Car Wash. He is the cute guy that the the receptionist asks out on a date. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, he's like the he's one of three white guys in the movie. (laughs) Okay. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Yeah, I've told Uh, a story about how I've met Tim Thomason three times one weekend, and he each time he said I I looked like his son. Um. Which is strange, but that's a Charles Band movie. Um, Charles Band did all the Puppet Master movies. And, oh, okay. okay. Uh, Dungeon Master. I, I recommend Dungeon Master. Dungeon Master is the movie where Bull from Night Court plays the devil. Oh wow! Yes. Okay. And it also has Blackie Lawless from uh, Wasp. Um, the band. It's a band. Uh, but Charles Band makes a lot of garbage. Like he made Ginger Dead Man. You know, evil, <laughs> evil bong, uh, this a lot of shit. But like, I think Trances is fun. There are at least six Trances films. Wow. Uh, okay, I thought there was only five. 
No, there were, oh, there were seven. There's Trancers, Trancers 2, Trancers 3, Trancers, City of Lost Angels, Trancers... I don't know what, where that comes in the timeline. Because there there's one that's not numbered, but there's still one, two, three, four, five, six. And in the middle of that is Trancers, City of Lost Angels. And Did it they looks make like, one it looks since we like, started recording? <laughs> it looks like that's actually, that's actually the second Trancers film. Oh, wow. And then it's, there's a separate Trancers 2. Um, that's Which that's also has Helen Hunt. She returned for one of these? This is 1991. So it's like... Wasn't she on end. TV by then? <laughs> uh, is she in Trances 3? Was she on, was she on Mad About she's You in, by then? I feel she like. in, she's in Trances 3? Jesus Christ, like, Helen Hunt. <laughs> I feel like Helen Hunt was like like making TV shows or something by then. But I, I, mean, I don't know. Well, maybe I I'm saw, wrong. Let's see. So Helen, when, so when was Mad About You? Mad About You was... Uh, 1992. Okay, so the the same year she saw the Mad About You, she was in Trances <laughs> Trances Three. Uh, wow. She was also in a she was I, yeah she went legit right after Trances Trances Three. So wow. She, she was in a straight to video film called Sexual Healing with uh, Anthony Edwards and Jason Alexander, and then immediately after that, Kiss of Death, which is a bad movie, but it was a it's mm. a big movie. And then Twister, and then as good as it gets. So she won an Oscar five years after being in Trances Three. That's insane. So all you aspiring actors out there, this should give you hope. <laughs> if well, if, if you want a low budget combination of Terminator meets Blade Runner with Helen <laughs> Hunt in it, Transfers One, the one that's just called Transfers, is is the movie. And hey, fun movie to watch with friends. It's. It was a great, like cheesy, like low budget movie. I don't think out. I'll go further into the series, but I enjoyed the first one at least. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I checked out. Yeah, Francis is great. Another yeah. old Helen Hunt movie I recommend is The Spell. It's a TV movie about a fat witch. Um, Ooh, <laughs> it's hard. Okay. To, I know that sounds mean, but like that's the point of the film. Um, that's actually a good movie. I, I'm trying to get a special guest to talk about that movie on this podcast. So uh, cool. We'll move on. One more highlight I want to mention really quick. I got a lot of movies here. We got to move on now. Uh, let's see. Which one? Which one? Which one? People haven't heard of this one. So I watched De- really quick. Debbie at Dawn. I finally watched that. That's a great, like, no-budget B-movie. I recommend that. Breaking 2. Good movie. Who knew? Yes. Um, Massacre at Central High was just released this year on Blu-ray. That's a fantastic film. Kind of a precursor to Heather's. I highly recommend it. But a lesser-known film I want to really quickly bring up is Circus of Horrors, which is a 1960 British horror film. I know. I'm playing to my type. Um, it is not a hammer film. It does not have Peter Cushing. Um, okay. It does have Donald Pleasance uh, for about a minute. He gets eaten by a bear. Um, spoiler. It's about a... Okay. Okay. Okay, hear me out. Okay, so it's about a rogue plastic surgeon who... Uh, it's German, but living in post-war Italy, post-war England, nobody asks questions. Um, uh, okay. Whose plastic surgery is botched on a rich socialite, but he won't give up on his abilities, so he escapes to France, France with his with his uh, two assistants, uh, brother and sister. Sister wants to bang him, not the brother him. Um, and they befriend a circus owner. That's Donald Pleasance, and they do surgery on his war injury daughter who recovers fully, 
and then Donald Pleasant is eaten by a bear. <laughs> so <laughs> they they take over the circus and use it as a cover to find criminals who need plastic surgery and operate them and make them work at the circus. And if they try to leave, he kills them. Did you just write two seasons of an HBO show? What what just happened? <laughs> it's definitely on ice. No, it's uh <laughs> it sounds really dumb. 1960 this movie. 1960. For a 1960 film, it is quite bloody. Um, wow. And uh it has a lot of good, like weird old circus acts in it, like you know, like stuff you don't see anymore, and like some good trans people. There are actual circus people in it. Kenny Baker's in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh he plays a little person. <laughs> He's like, he's one of the clowns or something. Um, it's 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 the second best circus themed horror film I've ever seen. Um, uh, behind that's so specific. Behind Vampire Circus by Hammer, which is a great movie, um, and it's better than I forgot the name of it. A circus horror film with Joan Collins, um, which I also I recommend. Uh, but yeah, it's just a weird movie. It's very Hammer esque. But again, not no. I don't think anybody from Hammer worked on it. Um, it was written by a guy named George Baxt, who was gay, and he wrote he wrote uh, gay black detective novels. Oh wow! Uh, I don't know what, what what color he was. He was American, um, but he he created a character named Pharaoh Love. <laughs> Um, which, that's a great name. Which was which, which some books in in the sixties and into the nineties. Um, so I do want to know more about George Baxt. Uh, George Baxt, he appears to be a white man. Um, all the all the photos are very pale black and white photos. It's kind of hard to tell. Um, <laughs> you know how it is. You know how it is sometimes. Um, yeah. but no, it's a, it was a, it's a good one. I recommend it. It's also another Shout Factory Blu-ray. So it's probably streaming somewhere. I I I, I say check it out. Do you want to talk about some of the worst things we've seen this year? Oh, yeah. But before we do that, I just uh-huh. want to give a quick shout out to one movie. It was the first time I'd seen this movie. I'd been aware of it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1973's Lady Snowblood. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Which, as, as a fan of martial arts movies, and of course, I know everything that Tarantino does is, of course, something that he watched years ago and he loved something. But I didn't realize fully how much Kill Bill was not influenced by this movie, but damn near remake down to even certain shots and music. Listen, if you love Kill Bill, watch Lady Snowblood. I just got to throw that out there. You got to check that out. It's, the movie's amazing. I was surprised how bloody it was mm. for a 70s film from no, Japan. Japanese 70s films are fucking bloody. Yeah. Uh, I it's watched, amazing. I watched one I didn't put on the list uh, this week called Yakuza, Yakuza Wolf. Uh, mm, okay. Yakuza Wolf, I Perform Murder. Um, and yo, accurate title. That motherfucker performs a lot of murder. Um, that's a Sunny Chiba movie. Uh, in- okay. Insanely high body count. So okay, yeah. good stuff there. But just, let's just had to give a shout out to that. Yeah, let's move on to some random lowlights. And 
Uh, I think we, I, I think we both have the same pick for the worst film we saw this year, and we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are some other garbage you saw this year? Any anything you want people to avoid, like the plague? Oh, um, you know, honestly, this is funny. I have to go back to I'm pulling up my I, Supergirl. I a, <laughs> Super, you know, Supergirl is another weird movie. hadn't seen since I was a kid. Just wanted to rewatch it for whatever reason. Um, it was stranger than I remembered it being, mm-hmm. worse than I remembered it being. Uh, it's rough, but I did make a <laughs> list on Letterboxd of movies to avoid for this, you know. Um, you know, I'm looking at this, and I don't know that I watched this this year. I think it might have been early in the year. Um, this was not on my list, but the movie Knock Knock with Keanu Reeves, just saying, in general, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> it's a 2015 movie, but it's so bad. I feel like I must warn people any chance I get. It's a it's an Eli Roth movie. It's a remake, uh, remake too. Which some people might be Eli Roth fans, but I'm just saying it's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope Keanu got paid. Uh, avoid it like the plague. I, okay. I can't find anything redeeming to say about that movie. Still, not the movie I'm angriest that we're going to talk about. Yeah, me. Yeah, we'll get there. I hate Eli Roth. I hate I'm not him. a fan. I hate his movies. He's very good in Inglorious Bastards. Like, yeah, as an actor, he's good in that movie, and I'll give him credit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I hated Cabin Fever. Uh, Hostel is dog shit, yeah. and uh, I have not bothered with pretty much. I hear good things about he made like a more of a family film, The House of a Clock in the Walls. I hear mediocre things about that. Like it's inoffensive, but like. Green Inferno just seems like super racist now. Like you can't make a, a cannibal movie like that now. And Death Wish, fuck you. Don't make Death Wish in fucking twenty eighteen. No, I just he's and he's also I think he's working on I think he's working on the Borderlands movie, which is based on yes, video games, so it's whatever. But that's such a strange choice to me to have him work on that movie. I would imagine at this point, in, t- in terms of his critical and commercial success, which is not very consistent, I I would have to imagine he is a hired gun on Borderlands. Yeah, it's got to be kind of like when when John Carpenter made Christine. Like John yeah. Carpenter did not write Christine. Doesn't, he doesn't really was no. He's just a hired gun. So yeah. it could be good. Who knows? I mean, he's technically he's talented. Like he knows how to make a movie. Mm-hmm. He just makes shitty movies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, maybe he he's not. Is he writing Borderlands? He I is writing I, it. I, well, fuck. Okay, okay never mind. See, I take it back. I take didn't it know back. he was writing it. So, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. Other than that, I don't know. And this is not an older movie, but I was really interested in seeing Blonde. What is Blonde? Blonde was the Netflix Marilyn Monroe. Oh, that, that that did come out this year. We're breaking the rules, but it's okay. Um, yeah. It's was just, it bad? I, there was very few that I, I I personally felt like I wasted every minute watching that film. I really felt like I wasted every minute watching it. Just <laughs> it was it's it's so it's it's so bizarre. I, I don't understand why it was done the way it was done. No, it's a newer movie, but it's just can't think of nothing else that really just jumped out at me this year. That's an older thing that I watched. It just really made me feel like why was this made? Why was it done this way? I'd almost recommend to you watch the 1978 Doctor Strange movie because at least it's shorter. And we'll and, waste as much of your time. And I'm going to say, if you can, anybody out there, try to watch at least one 1970s TV movie. Because they have an aesthetic that yeah. I think is interesting. You know, yeah. and a higher production value than modern TV films. 
So they can be a lot of fun. Uh, we, we, we talked about two, uh, Dr. Strange and someone's watching me. I watched two, before we get to the, the main course, <laughs> I watched <laughs> two really bad, well, one really bad. I watched a movie called, I wanted to watch a Halloween horror film. And so I watched Trick or Treats, not Trick or Treat that I talked about on this podcast and not mm-hmm. the Brian Fuller associated Trick or Treat, which is also a good movie. This is Trick or Treats with an S at the end from 1982, directed by Gary Garver. Um, it is horrible. Uh, Gary Garver was mostly known for working with Orson Welles. He is, I believe, the cinematographer or the editor on... Um, he's a cinematographer for The Other Side of the Wind, which is that film that came out like four years ago that they filmed in the okay. 70s. Um, he also he also worked on a lot of pornography, and allegedly allegedly Orson Welles helped him edit some porn. So there was Orson Welles edited pornography on the out there, which is amazing. Um, but this is a a horror comedy with who was in this? Um, Steve Rails back. I know who that is. You don't have to know who that is. It's fine. Um, and Par Bartel's in it for like a minute and a half. Par Bartel. He wrote and directed Eating Raul. He directed uh, Death Race 2000. He's in Piranha and Rock and Roll High School. He's a, he's, he's a Wazel Corman guy. Um, and it has a very small part with David Carradine. Okay. And it has Peter Jason. Peter Jason is in a million John Carpenter films. He is in... Oh, God. He, have you seen 48 Hours? Yes. He, or, and Walter Hill films, too. In 48 Hours, he's the bartender at, at the Hick Bar. Oh yeah, I see him. He's he's one of those hey's that guy. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a that guy. Um, yeah, he's in They Live. He's in Suicide Fire. He's in Ghost of Mars. He's in Arachnophobia, Escape from L.A., Prince of Darkness, Mouth of Badness. Like he's he's a he gets around. Um, yeah. But Trick or Treats is about a babysitter who's stuck watching a little shitty kid, while the kid's dad, who is Peter Jason, is escaping a mental asylum to come kill his mom. His mom. Um, and. It has a lot of dumb magic jokes in it because the little shithead kids like a wannabe magician. Um, it is horrible. Uh, it's like nothing happens, then the bad guy shows up, and then it ends. Um, <laughs> everyone's clutching a paycheck. Everyone's doing favors because of Gary Garver. Um, Orson Welles has a credit in this film as, really? as a magic consultant. <laughs> So what, what does that mean? Magic consultant? He helps probably help the kid do magic. Um, it is atrocious. Do not watch it. Uh, a more interesting failure, uh, speaking of Walter Hill, I watched The Assignment. Have you heard of this film? Why does this? It sounds incredibly familiar, but so I can't think of it. 2016. It's okay. about an assassin named Frank Kitchen who is double-crossed by gangsters and forcibly transitioned into a woman. I have heard of this. And Marcel Rodriguez plays both versions of this character. And there's a hilarious scene of Marcel Rodriguez doing full frontal nudity as a man. And her beard looks like pubic hair. And her she has the biggest fake dick ever. It is hilarious. Um, so, and then she's transitioned and i if i make any pronoun mistakes here i'm sorry this is not a movie about trans people so don't don't 
trans women are women. I'm I'm pro trans rights. If I make any mistakes here, don't 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 make it a political viewpoint. This is this movie is not about trans people. Um, but the the evil doctor is Sigourney Weaver. The Sigourney Weaver. The good doctor is Tony Shalhoub. Uh, Anthony LaPagia is in this movie. Um, it is a weird film. I gave it two and a half stars on Letterboxd. I'm going to knock that down to two. Um, it's not terrible. And it's mm-hmm. less offensive than you think. In my opinion, I'm not a trans person. Um, it's because the movie's not about trans people. And the movie makes the point. Like, just because this person was forcibly transitioned does not mean they're going to live as a woman now. Like, this person is still a man. Uh, in a woman's literally turned into a woman's body. Um, right. So I think it's more of a gimmick than anything else. And I don't think the movie has a political viewpoint about trans people. I just think it's going for shock value. I just, um, I just read it says the first draft of the screenplay was written in 1978. The first draft is much worse. If you keep reading that sentence, it gets bad. Um, uh, and I think the main problem I had with it is the framing device. It's all flashbacks. And there are flash again, much like Avenger, but not as good as flashbacks and flashbacks. Different characters have flashbacks. And I think if it would have been a more straightforward story, also if maybe you double the budget, it could have been a fun, bad movie, but it is just stupid. And there's not enough action for a Walter Hill film. Um, if you want to see a good train wreck, it's on HBO Max. So <laughs> check it out. Uh, I have said it before, a better later era Walter Hill film is Bullet to the Head. Bullet to the Head is not a good movie, but Stallone is fun in it. It has Sun Kang from from, uh, the Fast and Furious films. It has Kristen Slater in a small but very memorable role. And you get to see Stallone fight Jason Moore with axes. So at the very least. Bullet to the Head. I always get that mixed up with the... um... I feel like there John, was three movies like that. There's a John Woo film called Bullet, Bullet so very similar name. Yeah. Bullet yeah, in There's the like head. a lot of movies, yeah, similar to that. Bullets and Heads, it's a bad combination. Yeah. But we should both talk about, what's the, okay. So you've watched over 200 films this year, and you, I think your pick for the worst is the same as mine, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're lining up here for the same thing. So you go ahead. I talked a lot for me. Okay, Anthony, what is the worst movie we saw this year? It is Shane Black's movie, The Predator, which was in the series of films with Predator, Predator 2, Predators, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But Shane Black's written and directed movie, The Predator, is not only the worst movie I watched this year, it's one of the worst movies I've seen in my entire life. And it takes a lot for me to really not like a movie. I'm very patient. I'm very forgiving. It takes a lot for me to watch something and decide not only will I never see this again, but I am all about championing things I really love and promoting people that you should watch this movie or this show. I, I'm just as passionate about telling people to avoid this movie like the plague. Fuck this movie. This, this is one of the worst uses of time I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, that did, I didn't see this when it came out because it came out in 2018 and I'm in, I'm in Japan and I don't go to the movies that much here. Uh, I did not know anything about this movie but when I saw, when I watched it. What happened was after after Next Lander again did a podcast on Predator Two, which goddamn it, I like that movie, um, and I'll stand by Predator Two. Predator Two is a good movie. 
It's fun. It's stupid. You get to see you get to see Danny Glover be a badass. Gary um, Busey's in it. Gary Busey's in it. Um, Bill Paxton, the only person to get killed in a Terminator movie, in a Predator movie, and in an Alien movie. You can't oh, count. Yeah. You can't count Lance Hendrickson because he gets he gets killed in an Aliens versus Predator movie. Not the same. Um, but after watching that, I told my boyfriend, you know what? Let's watch every Predator movie. Because I still hadn't seen the AVP films and I hadn't seen the Predator. Mm-hmm. So we watched Predators again. Predators not great, but it has ideas. Yeah, um, yeah. And Adrian Borey's good in it. Um, and then we watched the AVP movies. And AVP 1 is a terrible film. Yeah. Uh, and then we watched AVP 2. And I was just like, this is the worst movie I'll ever see. Uh, well, you can't see half of, of that movie because it's not lit very well. <laughs> and then I watched The Predator. And for a while, I was deluding myself. I'm like, no, AVP is worse. AVP 2 is worse than The Predator. AVP 2 is worse than The Predator. Then there's the ending of The Predator. And I'm like, nope. Nope, fuck this movie. This is, and so because Alien versus Predator Requiem offended yeah. me as an alien fan. The Predator offended me as a human. In the idea of like, this is a film that people made this movie and they thought it was a good idea. Like AVP2, you can tell the people who directed that, it's a, it's a, it's, I think it's some brothers or something, they wanted to make a gore fest. And mm-hmm. so, like, the, and it's a tacky movie. There's a scene of a pregnant woman being killed in that movie. And it's like, they're going for a shock value. And I think that's lame, but they had an idea. Um, yeah. they just can't direct. Um, also the the main girl in that gets killed in the most unceremonious way possible, which is kind of funny. But uh, the Predator, fuck this movie. Like, what? Why is this movie so terrible? Can you explain it? Uh, it I feel like I've blocked so much of it out because I was so mad. There's so many things. Like, first of all, even I listen to a lot of things about film, and I remember this, when this movie came out, I did not see it in theaters, but I remember hearing a lot about even the promotion of the movie and making of there was a lot of real life, real world things going on where there was even an actor in the movie that has something to do with it. That was in real life. Um, uh, slight trigger warning, an actual predator, like an actual sex offender. And he somehow was involved in the making of the movie. So even the process of filming, this was problematic is the like smallest way I could say that. Um, And then you get to like, see the actual movie itself and, there's all this weird stuff with these terrible CGI alien dogs and all this other stuff. I just feel like the movie, nothing about it makes sense. I feel like it's a very low bar to make a movie where here's an alien that hunts people and you're trying to stay alive, but somehow it just kind of spirals out of control where if you're not bored at parts through the movie, you're just wondering why was this decision made? Uh, Every character is not like, you know, you can make these movies like the cliche you know, military guys who think they're badass, but every character in this feels like they're trying to do a version of that, but it's, it falls so flat. Like it just falls so flat. Like you, you, you watch movies like this and usually you want to see some people die, but I kind of just wanted to see, see every character almost on screen. Just no one should get out of this. It's like, maybe there's two people in here that you just feel bad. That they're even in the movie. It's just such a mess. It's, it's not coherent. It's just, it's terrible. It's not even a, you couldn't even put it on with your friends to make fun of it because 
you'd kind of wonder who picked this and why are they wasting our evening? It's just a bad movie overall in the worst ways, and, not even in a fun way. And the story is stupid. It kind of builds upon some idea of like a war in the predator culture that they briefly hint upon in the, in the predators. Mm-hmm. And but the story is bad, but you know, I can forgive a bad story in an action film if yeah. it gets the job done. The dialogue in this film is some of the worst I've ever heard. I'm going to read some lines from this film that are on IMDb. Um, Fuck me in the face with an aardvark. How do you circumcise a homeless man? Kick your mom on the chin. Uh, I'm not going to read this racist joke. Um, Let's see. If your mom was a vagina, if your mom's vagina was a video game, you'd be rated E for everyone. Uh, when the Olivia mom sees the predator for the first time, because he's a scientist and they have one in a, in a science lab, she says, you are one beautiful motherfucker, which is a, a play on you are one ugly motherfucker. Um, uh, and then like the, the whole scene where they make jokes about how it's not really a predator. It's a big game hunter, but yeah, predator sounds like- cooler. Um, there's just like, and like then there's the whole idea of like um oh and they say get to the choppers and they're talking about motorcycles like fuck you you do not earn that yeah, joke yeah you, and, you do not deserve to even do that and the movie has a character with autism who's seen as to be the next step in human evolution and there's the uh, thomas jane i think has tourette's He's i think Aaron. so yeah and first of all what a waste of thomas jane i love thomas jane uh yeah you know, he's the Punisher in my heart. As much yeah, as I yeah. love Punisher War Zone's a great movie, but I like Thomas Jane. And he's in Deep Blue Sea, you know, just total waste. The way it treats mental illness is insulting. And I usually don't care about that shit in a B movie because it's a fucking bad movie. Who cares? But for me, I was offended. Um, just, yeah, top to bottom, front to back. It's directed for shit. The CG is shit. The costume design is shit. Uh, I cannot believe Fred Decker co-wrote this movie. Do you know who Fred Decker is? No. Fred Decker wrote Monster Squad. And he co-wrote this movie, too. Yes. Fred Decker I, I Fred Decker has not made many films. And, mo- and to be honest, most of them are bad. But he did make Monster Squad and Night of the Creeps. Now, okay. he also wrote RoboCop 3. <laughs> Oh, oh, the one with the jetpack. Hey, but that has a ninja. That has a robot ninja in it. So hey, hey um, that wasn't a bad. Oh, that was a. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and Ricochet. Okay, Denzel, Denzel film. Um, yeah. Did he direct that too? No, he did. He just he he he's one of the writers on that. And House Two, which House Two might be worse than the Predator. That's a. Oh. I real House Two is a. Ooh, House Two is a bad movie. Um. I, but yeah i'm sorry go ahead well just i i i I feel like it's harder it's it's really tough for me to think of a movie i think is worse than the predator right now yeah i'm i'm struggling it's it made me i was i was angry and i haven't finished so my goal this year was to watch every alien every predator film uh because i had never seen prometheus or covenant um and my boyfriend has not seen Alien 3 Resurrection or those either. We watched Prometheus. Prometheus is a good movie. It's, it has problems, but it's beautiful. Yes, um, yeah, it is. Just a gorgeous movie. Um, 
good, interesting ideas, some plot holes, but it's a good, it's fun. I like it. Uh, Covenant can't be worse than Predator, the Predator. And I think the Predator will make me like Resurrection more. <laughs> because well, okay. I've seen all of the, the movies and everything in, in all the series. I would tell you with 100% confidence, this is the lowest point. Oh, yeah, it, it has to be. It has to be. Um, have you seen Prey? Oh, Prey was great. Okay, Prey That is, was another again, reason why I jumped off and watched this. Yeah. There you go. I know we're jumping back into a newer movie, but if you Fine. have not, anyone who loves the Predator movies, if you have not seen Prey, Prey works very well as a standalone, just good movie by itself. But it also, if you've seen like Predator 1, Predator 2, especially, there's a slight callback to Predator 2 and Prey. Um, yeah. Prey is one of the coolest movies I've seen in a while, and it really sucks that they weren't able to get a theatrical release. I think it would have been great to see that in the theater. Yeah. But Prey, Prey could not be farther from the Predator. They are complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, if you have the slightest bit of interest in Prey, watch it. The Predator is not even worth being a coaster on your coffee table. Seriously. Prey is the of the 10 films I've seen this year <laughs> that came out this year. Prey is number two behind Top Gun Maverick. Um, that, yeah, that sounds I would right. say Top Gun, Maverick, Prey, then Weird Al, uh, yeah. then Jackass, then Halloween Kills, because I liked it, then the Abercrombie and Fitch documentary on Netflix, then uh, the Munsters, see how they run, and then probably Hellraiser, and then Firestarter, with Hellraiser and Firestarter being two of the worst films I've ever seen. Um. Hellraiser's a trouble. Oh, the remakes. I forgot I forgot the, the Hellraiser remake, remake was the remake, this year. Yeah. Yeah. The remake of Hellraiser is complete shit. Very bad film. I want to talk really briefly. Now, unfortunately, Anthony, I don't think you have seen any of the films I'm about to mention. But I wanted to bring this up. So have you ever seen any films released by Vinegar Syndrome? I don't even know what Vinegar Syndrome is, so maybe Vinegar not. Vinegar Syndrome is a boutique Blu-ray label, and I believe they do some streaming now, too. Um, okay. They have released films like Tammy and the T-Rex, which is the Denise Richards. So have you, have you seen that movie? Um, okay, I'm very familiar with that movie, and um, just because you mentioned that specifically, do you know what's going on with that movie currently uh, is in, a, in the video game world? Is it, is it in High on Life? It's in High on Life, the Justin Rowland video game. Uh, yeah. he, he bought the rights to four movies that are completely able to be watched in the game, and Tammy and T-Rex is one. I'd heard about the movie before. I'd never seen it, but I'm familiar with, with that movie in general. Yes. Uh, so, but yeah, so. I would like to list off some other films by Vinegar Syndrome, but I'll get, I'll, I can't do that easily right now, and I'll explain in, in why in a little bit. Vinegar Syndrome is a boutique label, and they put out very interesting releases and I'm a big fan of a lot of their work and this year I'm trying to find a way to get a, here we go one second so some stuff they've put they put out some Cynthia Rothrock films oh um, yes I love like, her yeah and they just put out Freeway which is a movie I've always wanted to see which is kind of like a Little Red Riding Hood parable with uh, Keith Sutherland as like a, mur- a child murderer and Reese Witherspoon um I'm trying to think of some other good ones they've put out. Let me, uh, let's see. I'm sorting my popularity. Um, 
Liquid Sky, a fantastic cult film about aliens who steal, who steal, who kill people after they have orgasms. Um, uh, it's Hell Comes to Frogtown. Okay, uh, yep. the, yeah, yeah. Um, some good, notable actual pornography that I'm not going to get into. Um, Penitentiary. Um, oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. P- Penitentiary. Um, some later Amityville horror films that are of varying quality. Uh, the Angel movies, which is a, you know, I, I love Angel. A great movie called Raw Force. Uh, Ticks, which is the giant tick movie with, Carl- with um, Carlton from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, Never heard of it before. It's bad, but it's a fun bad. A lot of this stuff is fun bad. You know, that's kind of what they focus on. And they do a lot of work on Grindhouse era and the early 90s, which is, I think, a really good market because a lot of that stuff... There's a lot of interesting stuff there. And this year, they put out three movies that I absolutely loved. They put out an old video horror movie called Mausoleum, which is about a girl, woman who's possessed, by a, who's possessed, and her breasts turn into monsters. Like, they have, like, faces. <laughs> um, it is amazing. It is a great piece of shit. It is, like, made for, like, $4. Um... And That's the, an and amazing the, sentence you just said. Yes, and Winter Beast. Winter Beast was this 1992 zero budget movie with like stop motion monsters, and like it makes no sense, but it's it's captivating, and it has an aesthetic to it that is just like one of a kind. And again, this uh, and they didn't do the Andy Milligan box set, but they released films in it, and they released they have a movie called Seeds. Which I've, I did a pod episode on that. One of my first episodes with Dr. Sparkle. Uh, okay. So good, amazing, fantastic, one-of-a-kind genre films that you just won't find anywhere else. And they put out Roadhouse in 4K. They put out Cloak and Dagger in 4K. They, you know, a lot of really amazing, awesome old genre films. Vinegar Syndrome is doing everyone a service, and they should be applauded. At the same time. The four worst films I've seen this year that were not Predator were by were released by Vinegar Syndrome. Oh no. Uh Dead Girls, uh, which is uh it's a bad slasher. Fatal Exam, which is a student film that's 115 minutes long in a haunted house and nothing happens. Uh The Police are blundering in the dark, which is like nothing gallo. And Invisible Maniac, which is a straight-to-video horror film from the 80s. That somehow got released in 4K of Vinegar Syndrome, um, which is like wants to be a softcore porn horror film. Um, it has it has Savannah in it. Savannah's a porn star. She passed away very young, um, and it's just terrible. And <clears throat> my the way the why I want to talk about Vinegar Syndrome right now because I love Vinegar Syndrome, but and I buy a lot of their product, but I might stop doing it. Because I understand the importance of releasing old films like and preserving old B-movies. But you can't pitch these as good films. Right. Because people are going to buy them and they're going to get burned. They released The Amityville Curse on Blu-ray this year. The Amityville Curse is a nothing film. Nothing happens in that movie. It is garbage. And their description of it is like comedically wrong. Like, let me find it. Um, oops, one second. I spelled Amityville wrong. <laughs> I watched I watched six Amityville films this year. It was the worst one. Um, so, like, 
It says, one of the most overlooked entries in any major horror franchise, the Amityville curse deviates from series formula to surprising, amusing, and unsettling effect. Handsomely shot and based on a novel. Uh, no, no, fuck you. This movie's shit. Nothing happens in that movie. <laughs> and like, if you want to release it and say the much maligned Amityville sequel no one remembers, you know, uh, straight to video mainstay, whatever. That movie has a 1.7 on IMDb. On, I mean, on, 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 on Letterboxd. It's a Oof. terrible film. And The Police of Blundering in the Dark is a gallo where nothing happens. Um, Dead Girls, nothing happens. Fatal Exam, nothing happens. And a lot of these movies, the Vinegar Syndrome description will be like, giallo inspired. That's their, that's their code for boring. Like if they say a movie, if they say a slasher is Gallo inspired, nothing happens. Um, and they did New York Ninja this year, which you have to watch. New York Ninja is a movie that was filmed in 1985 and never finished. And they finished it and they put it out with a fantastic score and they dubbed it because the audio was lost. So it has Don the Dragon Wilson and Cynthia Rothrock and Leanna yes. Quigley. And it's a great, it's not, it's, it's, it's not a great film, but it's a fantastic time capsule and it's fun. But so much of what Vinegar Syndrome is putting out these days, in my opinion, is just unwatchable. And I really, I hope they get there. I hope they either are more honest with what they put out or they put out more variety. Like, you cannot put out the Treat Williams, Joe Piscopo film, Dead Heat, and say that it is a tightly paced and darkly comedic action film. Because it, I saw Dead Heat in the theater <laughs> when it came out. That movie is horrendously bad. You cannot put out The Uninvited, the killer cat movie of George Kennedy. You know, that's a, that's a Graydon Clark film. Graydon Clark never made a good movie. Um, George Kennedy from, like, Bonanza? George Kennedy is he was in um, Naked Gun. He's Leslie Nielsen's partner. Oh yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he also Oscar winner George Kennedy. He won an Oscar for Cool Hand Luke. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, also, never never said no to a paycheck. So I don't want to like. I feel bad for bad mouthing a company so much, but like they they. <laughs> Not to get vulgar, my friend compared George Kennedy, George Kennedy, Vinegar Syndrome. It's like Vinegar Syndrome is the daddy with a big dick who beats you. Like, <laughs> no matter what you were gonna say, I wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready. <laughs> and I'm sorry to make light of abuse, but like that's the like. They'll, they'll give you something great and then they'll fuck yeah. you up. Um, and also, like, after Black Friday, their website is just down for like a month and a half because they're That's shipping. Bizarre. Which I, where are your releases? It says hidden release, hidden to make way for partners only month because they're shipping out too many movies. I'm like, no, you're not. Fucking just show me what you got. Like, that's what? not. I, okay, capitalism is a nightmare, but the only thing worse than capitalism is bad capitalism. And God damn it, like my dad used to say, make it easy for the customer to give you money. Because all I have to do now, if I want to buy, if I want to buy Vinegar Syndrome's release of Deadly Games or Nurse Sherry, I have to go to, I have to go to uh, Diab Diabolic DVD and buy it. I can still buy it. 
give me your shit. Like, I don't, nobody else does that. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been looking at their site in some of the movies while you've been talking about them. It, 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 these really look like some of these look like just home movies that were just, we're going to put this on a, a Blu-ray and sell it. Well, and some of the, these are the partner movies. So they, they, they work with other people too. And some of okay. these films are interesting, you know? Um, and I, I respect that they're doing it. Like, I, you know, they put out Fair Game on Blu-ray. Fair Game is a fan, one of their partners did. That is, um, I forget which which company it was, but that is an amazing Ozploitation film, um, our Australian exploitation film. Um, mm, okay. That's just a great, great, great movie. Um, and they put out a movie that I haven't watched yet called Saturday. I bought it, but I haven't watched it called uh, Saturday Night at the Baths, which is a 1975 LGBT gay drama okay set in the continental baths um which is i don't know if you know what that is that is like the gay bathhouse from the 70s okay um that's what that's what bet midler would play and so like that's really fascinating that's great i don't know if it's good but that you know i'm glad they're doing it but when they go out and they make a nice big production out of releasing beyond the door three on blu-ray a movie nobody should see um, it makes me less likely to take a chance on those releases. So I don't know what I'm trying to get to here because, like, it's I get well, I see both viewpoints. Like, you don't re- want to reward. Uh, I do see what you say. You don't want to reward like what feels like at times they're not making an honest effort to put out something that's probably worth people's time. You know exactly because I do see some things there that are definitely interesting. Like I'm scrolling and I just found this Treasure of the Ninja in the films of William Lee because of course I found the Ninja movie. Good job. Uh, by uh, William Lee, a uh, black filmmaker who's making martial arts movies. Okay, uh, you know, and that's kind of like that's kind of interesting, and it's uh, from like the '80s, apparently. Um, yeah, and he was a big fan of Bruce Lee, so he made his own martial arts movies inspired by Bruce Lee movies, and it's something I've never seen anywhere before. Um, and those, and there's some, a lot of stuff on here, and those, and and those could be terrible, but yeah, I bet it's interesting. Bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, I cannot say the same for um, Dead Girls, which was just like, I mean, the only interesting thing I can say about Dead Girls is that one of the cast members was an animator on Batman, the animated series. That's pretty amazing, actually. That's a hell of a career uh, shift right there, too. He started work. He was a miniature worker on Escape from New York and Star Trek II and then went into animation. And he only he's acted in a few films, one of which is these, and also very hot. Anyway, um, but like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't under, you know, They put out slash dance, slash dance is shit, you know, like slash dance. Yeah, and I think in, for me, a lot of these, what I wish, I what I wish they would have, they may might, I think they have a streaming service. I am, of course, am in Japan, uh. So it's hard for me to stream that stuff. I have a VPN, but I can't turn it on right now to look at the streaming service because I would lose this connection with Anthony. Um, so if they have places to stream their titles, yo, sign me up. I will pay $10 a month to watch Ice Cream Man <laughs> or or real name of a movie, Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy. Um, I mean, just I mean because- the, first, the first movie on the site when it opened up it was Bat Pussy. Bat, I've, uh, I have seen Bat. I used to own Bat Pussy. Uh, don't it, watch it Bat Pussy. Looks like a, it just looks like a porn parody of like 60s Batman. 
Bat Pussy from is what the I'm first, looking at? Bat Pussy is the first porn parody. Um, okay. But it's barely a porn parody, and it's like, it is, it is, I'm sorry, mom. It is people you don't want to see doing anything they're doing. Um, Fair. And I, we've been over the fact, I have a non-standard type, but no, not this movie. Like, uh, <laughs> and like nothing happens, and then Bat Pussy shows up, and then nothing happens. It is, that was, that was released by Something Weird Video back in the day. Um, okay. Yeah, that's why, that's why I at one point owned Bat Pussy. Um, also, it's fun to say bat pussy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't like again. I I just hope I hope people should support Vernigo Syndrome. People should buy Vernigo Syndrome stuff. Do your research before you buy anything. Buy them and maybe look at IMDb. And just because something is forgotten doesn't mean it's a lost classic. Some stuff is forgotten for a reason. <laughs> Hey, listening to this show helps you find like some true diamonds in the rough and some things that are just like, maybe this is not worth your time. Because exactly. before we did the Twins of Evil episode this year, that movie would never have come into my orbit. And I'm so glad now because that made me a, a fan of Hammer films. Thank you so much. And that's one of the reasons why I did this episode. Because a lot of people mentioned that when they finish listening to my episode, an episode of my podcast, they have like 25 movies they want to watch because I just, I just rattle them off. And so that's this episode. It's just me rattling off movies without focus on one particular film. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot of times I'll listen and I'll stop and add things to my queue because I've heard about them on this show. Cause I otherwise would not have known about it. That's why I'm here. Thank you so much. Um, but I think unless there's anything else you want to mention that I think we'll wrap it up there. No, I just, I just, I think, I think I just want to send everyone out with like, Hey, if anything that we talked about sounded interesting to you, it's a movie you've been wanting to watch for a long time, or you've put it off or you've never watched it. Just pick something off this list that sounded like fun and just check it out. You never know. You might find like like one of your new favorite movies. Yeah. Also, last night I watched Piranha 2. Not that bad. <laughs> James Cameron's first like, film. James Cameron. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a James Cameron movie with Lance Henriksen and the majority of it is set underwater. The guy's definitely got a thing about water. I, and Lance yeah. Henriksen. Yeah, Lance Henriksen. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Fair. But uh, and, and but before we do the plugs, I want to mention quick programming note. So we are recording this on the nineteenth. God willing, this will go up this week, and then I'm probably gonna take a bit of a break because of the holidays and my health. Um, again, nothing super serious yet, but uh, I am not podcasting the same the same day I'm having a colonoscopy. That's not gonna happen. So um. So this will be up this week, the 22nd, the week of Christmas and New Year's week. Probably no episodes. I will hopefully be back on the 12th. I have a, a movie lined up, and I have some exciting stuff lined up for for January and February, assuming I can get my body together. <laughs> so <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, God damn it. Getting old. But Anthony, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it was your birthday this week. And... Um, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me for the time being, at least on Twitter, uh, <laughs> yes. at Bruce Wayne Brady. Um, also on Twitch, where I've been streaming games at Bruce Wayne Brady. Uh, pretty much, if I have anything online, you know, it's going to be at Bruce Wayne Brady. But uh, yeah, I talk about movies and games, and uh, this is this entertainment stuff. I keep up with all this stuff. So yeah, just type in Bruce Wayne Brady. You're more likely to see me talking about one of these things we've talked about here. There better not be another Bruce Wayne Brady. You better be the only one. There was one on Instagram, so I couldn't get that one. So I'm Bruce Wayne Brady 44 on Instagram. 
There you go. I, I, I had, as I've said, I had an Instagram. I was lost on the middle, but I got hacked and it's gone. Um, yeah. I am on Twitter for the time being. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, a lot of Twitter, a lot of Twitter drama today. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, since I can't link to it, since I can't currently link to it on Twitter, I am on Mastodon and uh, co-host and Hive and all that shit. Again, if you Google my name, you can find me. And I am all, I still have my blog and my YouTube channel that I will probably update again sometime in my life. Um, but uh, thanks for listening to this kind of ramshackle episode. I hope you all liked it. Have a wonderful whatever holiday, Christmas. I don't know if Hanukkah's over. Um, and I'm I don't know. Sure, what, actually. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know when other stuff is this year. And um, one second. Have, 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 have a happy Kwanzaa. That is, there you go. Yeah, there you go. I know. I knew that was other, other stuff moves around. Kwanzaa's pretty, pretty, pretty strict on there. Uh, yeah. And have a happy new year and all that stuff. And I will be back again sometime in January. Until then, take care. <laughs>